Bava Metziah, Perik Base, Mishnah Yud 2.10. Now this Mishnah really has three separate parts to it, like with three separate topics. The first is really a straight continuation of the previous, and not too much of a chedish. It says, Matzah Berefes, if you find a cow in a refes. Now refes would usually be translated as a cow shed, but the point here is that this is some kind of shelter which provides partial protection for the cow, meaning... If it was like a proper, like a shed, like a stables that close on all four sides, then of course there's no issue of Hashava Saveda. On the other hand, if it's just some kind of like the cow is sheltering under some kind of, you know, tree or something, just some sort of coverage, stay out of the rain or who knows what, out of the sun, then of course the cow is, to the contrary, is obviously not protected, it's gone lost, and therefore there would be a mitzvah Hashava Saveda. This is the cow's finding shelter in a place where it's sort of protected, but sort of not. And therefore the question is, you might think that, oh, you have to get involved just in case, says the Mishnah, Eno Chayavba. No, you don't have that obligation. You can assume that the owner knows it's in this this you know cow shed that doesn't provide proper protection, fully protection, but it's enough, and he's okay with that. But if it's Bershus Harabim, if you find the cow like uh, just wandering around in the middle of the street somewhere or something, so then certainly the owner has no idea where it is. Different shot them exactly what we mean by middle of nowhere, middle of the road, whatever the story is. But the point is your common sense will have to prevail. That the halacha will reflect as well. And Chayavba, if it sure seems like the cow was lost, you have to get involved to try to get it back to its owner. Period. So that's part one of the Mishnah. Okay, now we go to part two of the Mishnah. And we're talking here about, like, a general um, theme of these next lines is how we deal with conflicting mitzvahs. So the case of our Mishnah here, the first case is um, the person who finds lost object is a Kohen, and the object is located um, in a place where if the Kohen would retrieve it, he would become Tomei from Tomei Meiks, meaning it's in a, it's in like a graveyard, in a cemetery, um, on top of a grave or next to a grave, um, the idea being that once the Kohen goes within Dalaramos or over or under um, source of Tuma, he becomes not allowed to go there because of Tuma. And that being the case, the question is, what should he do? Should he do his mitzvah of Hashava Saveda, or should he do his mitzvah of not becoming Tomei? Now, the general rule is that mitzvahs ase dochelos ase. If you have a conflict between a um, commandment to do something and a different commandment not to do something, so then the, the to do, the mitzvahs ase, uh, trumps it, it gets priority, in that, and you do that. Um, that falls away, however, when we're talking about a mitzvah that has both an ase and a los ase with it. Um, as things will shake out over here, the mitzvah of Hashavah Saveda certainly is mitzvahs ase, know that already. Um, at the same time, there is a, the losa, say the prohibition of lenefesh lo yitama ba'amav, the Kohen may not allow himself to become tame through exposure to a corpse to Matumas mace. So that sounds like if a situation of the ase against a losa, say, and you should therefore say the ase should win and the Kohen should go into the graveyard, allow himself to become tame and retrieve the lost object. But what the Missing ingredient here is that in addition, there's a separate mitzvah ase, a positive commandment for the Kohen to remain tahor. The Pasuk says a little later on there in, in Vayikrachaf Aleph, it says, Kadoshim Yihiyu, they, the Kohenim, shall remain holy, which is understood to mean they have to remain tahor. And that being the case, you have a, a mitzvah ase of Hashava Saveda against a mitzvah ase and a los ase of the Kohen becoming tummy, and therefore the Kohen has to forego the mitzvah, if you will, and not return the lost object. That's step one, and that's what the Mishnah says here. It says, Imhaisa base hakfaros. If the setting in which this uh, lost object is, 
is inside a cemetery in a place where a Kohen can't go, and the person who's finding is a Kohen. I point out the Mishnah doesn't mention that at all, but that's the case here. So says the Mishnah, Lo yitamelah, the Kohen may not become Tame um, as part of the process of retrieving the lost object. He can't do that for the reasons I just explained. Now I'm going to speak out here um, that actually you have a mitzvah ase and a lo sase going in both directions, because the mitzvah Hashav HaSaveda, both those mitzvah ase of Hashav Tashivim, as well as a lo sase of lo lesalem, you can't uh, ignore it. Notwithstanding that, uh, there's a mitzvah ase and lo sase of the nefesh lo yitama ba'amav and kadoshim hiyu. So the bottom line is that that's not relevant. Once you have a mitzvah, which is protected by both a mitzvah, a lav, and an ase, both together, it's sort of like sacrosanct, unless you have some other additional, you know, specific limud on this activity, you just can't break it, even if it's in conflict with another mitzvah. So that's what's happening here. You have kind of two against two, but the truth is that's not relevant. The point is, even if it's one mitzvah ase against a, a, the two of an ase and lois ase, you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't carry it out. Now, the next case the Mishnah says, what happens if you have not one mitzvah ase, but two different mitzvahs ase against the lav? Even if the lav is protected by an ase also, how does that shake out? So the case is, Amrlo aviv hitame. What happens if the Kohen's father tells him, go become tamay and retrieve the lost object? So now you have two mitzvahs ase. You have the mitzvah ase of being mechabed, honoring your father, and in the mitzvah ase of Hashav HaSavet, that's two ases, so maybe that can push off an ase and a lav. So the answer is no, it doesn't. Okay, it just doesn't. O Amarlo al tachzir. Or similarly, if the father says, in a different case, there's no necessarily even case here of, of uh, a Kohen or Tumah, simply the father says, you may not return the lost object. So you have a... a, a the father's mitzvah of not returning it against the mitzvah to yes, return it. In both those cases, lo yishma lo, you do not listen to the father. Okay, so now, meaning that you you do, the father's, the rule is that uh, the, mitzvahs, um, on, the mitzvah to honor your parents does not override any mitzvahs um, in, the, in the Torah, really. Um, and the reason why is because it's also learned from a separate limud. So the, uh, that is, so we have two things. First of all, in terms of you know, two mitzvahs ase don't push off an ase and a los ase. That's step one. That's no. Once you have an ase and los ase, it's 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 sacrosanct. Um, then, in terms of the question of well, maybe two against what, what's with the father being different, and that the mitzvahs ase of a father doesn't trump anything, uh, like in terms of like not returning the, the lost object. So the answer is because the pasuk says ish um, imu va'aviv tirau, a person has to revere his father and mother, actually mother and father to be exact. And also, it, it in the same Pasuk says, the one has to keep the Shabbos, from which it's learned out that they're both mitzvahs, and the Pasuk ends up by saying, because Ani Hashem um, So the point is that the driving factor for honoring your parents is because Hashem said it, and therefore Hashem said other things like keep Shabbos, and therefore, if your parents say something in the Shabbos, and Hashem says something else, you don't listen to your parents, listen to Hashem, and keep the other mitzvahs. So therefore, like, in a way, the mitzvah of Kibbut Avim is a little bit subordinate, uh, wouldn't trump other mitzvahs. So that's the point here of our Mishnah. Like, Gemara asks, wait a second. Anyways, you have the mitzvahs, I say, of listening to the parents, of Kibbut Av, and, and, and your tiru, tira'u, the honoring of your parents, the revering of your parents, Fine, that's a mitzvah ase, but you have the lo sase and the ase together for shavasaveda. So, like we already, that's old news. We already said that once you have an ase and lo sase for shavasaveda, you're not pushing that off. So, why would you even think that kibud avim is a little different? 
The answer is because um, you might have thought, says the Gemara, that it says both kavades avicha vesimecha, honor your father and mother, and it also says really a pasuk of Mishlei. But anyways, it says kaved es Hashem mehonecha. You have to honor Hashem with your stuff, your assets, your property. The point here is that it's you're, there's a kaved and kaved, honoring your parents, honoring Hashem. You might have thought somehow there was some kind of equivalence, and therefore, ironically, you might have thought incorrectly that the same way that 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 um, the honoring of your parents is some sort of like subset or connected to honoring Hashem, and therefore it should actually be more important or less important than other mitzvahs, but that's incorrect. That's incorrect. You have this lima to tell you, no, honoring your parents uh, is, of course, very important, and it's a great mitzvah, it's a wonderful mitzvah, and, and, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't get honored at the expense of the violation of other mitzvahs. Okay, fine. That's the second part of the Mishnah. Now, the third part of the Mishnah really jumps in out of nowhere with no introduction whatsoever, and it's dealing with the mitzvah of prika and te'ina, um, which is the mitzvahs of uh, loading and unloading an animal um, under a, a burden. Now, why we jumped into that is a good question. There are really two basic possibilities. Um, one is that in the previous Mishnah, now this one in a Pishat test, we had said that, you know, um, you might have to return a lost object again and again and again, that double Russian tells you that there's no limit of the number of times you have to do it. You can't say the guy's being, you know, reckless or negligent or something. Over here, the mitzvah of pre-kentina, of loading and unloading an animal, it also has a similar kind of drush. You have to help him numerous times um, because the puzzle says, azov ta azov, you shall certainly unload the animal. Okay, so that's one possibility. A second possibility, maybe they're both coming together to make this happen, is that in the psukim in mishpatim, um, the mitzvah of Hashava Saveda is followed immediately by the next mitzvah of of, uh, of prika, of unloading animals. And that being the case, they kind of run together. In any case, whatever the reason is, right now we lapse into the mitzvah of prika and te'ina, the mitzvos of prika and te'ina, loading unloading animals. Okay, so let me just do that, discuss that for a moment here in terms of introduction. Um, the mitzvah of, of uh, prika, porek, is to like offload, like when it's porek ol, he... He, like, offloads the yoke of whatever, the mitzvahs or something like that. So the Pasuk says, this is in Shemos Chav Gimel, Pasuk Hei, it says, Ki sira chamor son acha, if you see the donkey of your enemy, rovet tachas masao, and it's, like, um, it's crouching under its weight, meaning it's, like, its back is ready to break because of the load on it. So then now the, the Pasuk says, like, something kind of like a, like a rhetorical flourish almost. It says, v'chaldalta me'azavlo, would you... Like, question mark, would you uh, resist helping him? Would you shirk that responsibility? Of course not. Of course you wouldn't. Rather, says the Mishnah, says the Pasuk, excuse me, ta'azov imo, you have to unload the donkey with the guy who owns the donkey. Okay. Um, And really, you've got there, for the record, you have um, uh, the mitzvah of, of, uh, therefore, unloading the donkey, which has... Two potential issues, okay? Uh, I was going to speak them out here. Two potential issues. One potential issue is the donkey's back is breaking, and that's like a financial loss to the owner because if his donkey's back breaks, then he's lost his donkey, and that's very sad for him. The other issue is that the donkey's back is breaking, and the donkey is like a sentient being. It's a creature. It's an animal feeling pain. And there's a there's potentially an issue of tsar bale chayim to prevent suffering, undue suffering to animals. And therefore, you have a second issue as well. And we'll come back to that in a moment. But those are two potential issues with the issue of, of uh, Prika. Now, the other thing is Te'ina. Te'ina is helping 
the fellow to load up the donkey, meaning to like you know make sure that the load is balanced properly, so the donkey is you know able to walk properly and carry the burden that the owner wants it to carry. So there, that's a pasuk in Devarim. The pasuk says, "Lo sira es chamor achicha." You shall not see your brother's donkey, o shoro, or his ox, no flim baderech, like uh, falling along the on the way, vesalamta, and ignore it, mehem, and ignore it, they cover your eyes from it, same kind of word as from the Hashavah Saveda. Rather, hakem takim imo, um, you will help him to fix the, you know, teina, to load up the donkey or the, or the ox better with him so that the donkey can carry its load properly. Here you have, right, kind of similar to Hashavah Saveda. Now, says the Mishnah, now we're just going to lapse into that right away. Once we know you have the mitzvah prik and teina, so what happens if parak v'tan, parak v'ta'an, if you, um, like, unloaded and reloaded, unloaded and reloaded, I guess trying to get the balance just right, so it's, it's equally weighted in the front of the back and the sides of the animal, whatever the story is, even if it takes many, many times, a filo arba v'chamisha pamim, even four or five times, really echoing the same kind of words as the phrase we had uh, called Mishnayis ago, then chayav, then you have to still do it again and again and again. Shnei Amar, the Pasuk says, azov ta'azov, you shall certainly unload it, that's the, the literal translation, that's the idiomatic translation, but it means twice. Azov tazov, unload, you shall unload. So the repeating tells you, even if it means many times, same as before, kind of the same kind of logic as before. But now, says the Mishnah further, halach v'yashavlo, what happens if the owner of this donkey goes, sits himself down under a tree somewhere, and he says, v'amar, ho'el v'alecha mitzvah, listen buddy, you've got a mitzvah, if you want to do your mitzvah, go right ahead and unload the donkey. I'm sitting and relaxing. So then, says the Mishnah, Patur, the onlooker, the non-owner of the donkey, he's exempt from offloading the donkey. Because the Pasuk said that, you'll, that you will unload the donkey, um, but only imo with him. Right? It says, Azov ta'azov, you shall certainly unload the donkey, imo with him. So if he's not participating... You don't have to either, okay? It's not your, not, not, he can't force you into that and kind of trick you with it, if you will. Okay, so that tells you already that, like, if he's not taking his half of the responsibility, you know, to help him, and that would mean not just for the fact he might be losing his donkey because donkey breaks, he has a financial loss, but also the donkey would then be suffering. And really, it's his fault, not your fault, that the donkey is suffering because he has primary responsibility to just have, like, an auxiliary assistant role to play. However, says the Mishnah, Im haya zaken if the person who owns the donkey is elderly or sickly, and therefore he can't do it himself, he simply can't, then chayav, now the obligation kicks in for you. Again, not explicit if the reason why is because you have to help him from financial loss, losing his donkey, you have to save the donkey from its suffering, or or uh, both, not, not, not clear yet. Now, further says the Mishnah, we're going to resolve that discussion, we're going to discuss that in a moment here. It says, mitzvah, okay, now it says, mitzvah minatora lifrok avolo liton. Literally, the words of the Mishnah mean there's a mitzvah from the Torah to unload, but not to reload. That's not what it means. Because we just said there's a mitzvah to load and unload um, from the Torah. What we're talking about here is there's a mitzvah from the Torah to be correct, unload for free. Again, we're not explaining necessarily it's because you have the obligation to save your friend from loss, kind of like a Shavas Aveda, or if it's that you have to save animal or both. But avalolitom, but to load it up, 
you don't have such an obligation, meaning if, if uh, he's not going to pay you for your time, kind of the exact same sort of framework as we had back with the Shavas Aveda. If you're on the clock, you can get reimbursed for your time, and you're allowed to charge the amount that you would charge to do an easier job if it's an easier job, etc. Um, so those things are kind of applying over here too. The point is, um, so you can get reimbursed for that. And if he's not prepared to pay you, then you don't have to help him because you don't have to lose your money to do this, you know, to become like a, to become a, Packer, that's that's a job. So you, you have to help him, but he has to compensate you compensate you for that that work you're doing. Okay, now Rabiose Glili Omer Imhaya Alav Yasser Al he says if the animal is burdened with an inappropriately large weight, you take it a little donkey, you put a whole refrigerator on its back. So then, of course, it's crouching on its way because it's crushed because the owner is re- reckless and irresponsible. Ein zakuklo, then you, the onlooker, are not don't have to get involved to save the animal and unload it. Shneimar, because the pasuk says, according to Biosiglid, the drush is it says tachas masao, the animal is crouching under its burden. So he darshens out masui shiyachol laamod bo. Um, it's a, the kind of burden which is appropriate that the animal could normally, you know, if, if it was arranged properly in terms of balance, the animal should be able to stand up beneath it. Okay, so therefore Biosi Gluli says, you don't have to get involved if the owner was reckless and he's to blame over here. Now, the reason Biosi Gluli says that is because Biosi Gluli says, first of all, he has his drasha. Um, and second of all, he'll say, well, drasha aside, you still have the mitzvah of, of um, Tsar Balechaim, the poor animal is being crushed under the, the refrigerator. So Biosiglili holds that the mitzvah of Tsar Balechaim is a derabanan, and therefore he holds that um, the rabbi says you're not allowed to cause wanton pain and suffering to animals, but you haven't got an obligation to relieve them of pain that someone else caused them. That's not your, that's not your problem. That's someone else's problem. Um, so that's his position. Now the halacha is like uh, the Tanakama, meaning we hold that Tsar Balechaim is a doraisa, um, and uh, and we also hold that you you only have an obligation to do the unloading for free. The loading up, you have to help your fellow Jew, uh, but you are allowed to charge for that. As for the unloading, um, you're saving him money because his you know his animal could be breaking, and uh, and you're saving the animal as well. And therefore, you have an obligation to do that even at no uh, payment whatsoever. Now, as far as the machlokus goes regarding whether one has to do the teina, the unloading uh, for free, that machlokus in the Tanakam Rabbi Shimon. The Tanakama holds that one does, need to do, does not need to do it for free, and the reason is because we have two separate mitzvahs, one of prika, one of te'ina. And the Tanakama holds like this. If there would just be a need to have the two mitzvahs on equal footing, it could have just said the mitzvah to do the te'ina, the loading up. And I would learn from Kol Vachomer, of course, you have to help unload the animal because you're saving the money and the animal suffering. So the fact that there's two separate mitzvahs, one of prika, one of te'ina, tells they're on different footing. And the one that's for Parika is telling you that you have to do it even for free, whereas Tina only if you're getting compensated for it. Rabbi Shimon disagrees with that. Rabbi Shimon says, if you've just had the mitzvah of um, Tina alone, you would think that the thing that you're loading up is not the load on the back of the animal, but the animal itself, which is falling down under its, under its burden. And therefore, you think it's helping the animal up. That's helping the animal, helping the loss. And you wouldn't realize to make a separate limud to Porek, to... Um, Unloading as well. The reason is because the pasuk says, "I'll read it to you." The ambiguity. It says, "Lo es chamor achicha os shoro noflam baderech." You shall not see the donkey of or the ox of your friend noflam baderech. So we understand that to mean that it's it's like it's stumbling under the burden, visalam to mahem, and it's and uh, and 
you ignore it. Hakem takim imo, you have to help him, the owner of the animal, to rebalance, reload up the animal. But uh, Rabbi Shimon says that community, just the animal itself needs to be lifted up off the ground, and because he understands that, he understands that um, they're both uh, they're both on on. Uh, you can't make a limud. They're both on equal footing. That both have to be done uh, for free. Halach, however, like I said before, like Tanakama, that the loading is done um, only with compensation, whereas the unloading must be done even for no compensation.